You can go ahead and be seated. Stay standing up on the inside, though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. <clears throat> I wanted them to sing that last or sing that first song again. Primarily for the reason that Pastor Whitley stuck on that there at the end. There's freedom. There's more freedom for you to walk in. That may sound common in a believer's meeting because we hear and know of freedom often, right? But I'm telling you, there's more freedom for you to walk in. God has greater things for you to do. And I believe with all of my heart tonight that he sincerely, truly wants you to hear that and believe that. And I know you've heard it 50 times, 100 times, 1,000 times before. If it's old to you, it's not real to you. If it's real to you, it's never old to you. What is he speaking to your heart right now? What is the Holy Spirit highlighting in your spirit right now? I tell you what, we live in a wonderful time. We live in an awesome time. I laugh with my wife sometimes because it's very easy to hear something on YouTube or the news that I don't even watch anymore except online a little bit. And it's like, man, this world is crazy. You know, I'm just like so frustrating, but I think, man, hallelujah, God, you knew the times and like, thank God we get to be here when the darkness is getting darker, but the light is getting brighter. And like those in the book of Acts and like Pastor Mark exhorted sometime in the last week or two is like, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants boldness. That we may speak your word with all boldness. Grant, stretch forth your hand to heal. Lord, we're not backing up. We're not backing down. And it has nothing to do with our natural personality. There's a living spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. Amen. Glory to God. It has nothing to do with who we are naturally or what state we grew up in or who our parents were. There's a living God on the inside of us and he has a voice of victory. And, he's, and he knows that for these end times and these end days, for this purpose, his purpose, you have been called. You have been ordained. You, Some of you may have thought, oh, you just wanted to know the Lord, just grow a little bit, get to love him more. You know, that's what I thought when I went to Bible school. I just, I played sports. I just wanted to, Lord, just see as many people born again as I can and just know you. But you know what? He had more. And I'm promising you, he has more than your head knows. Amen. I'm not screaming at you. I know my, my voice is elevated, <laughs> but I'm not screaming at you. I don't know. That's just the way it comes out, all right? But he's got something on the inside of you. Amen. And if there's anything that I say that touches that, know that, you know what? There's a connection made with heaven. It's his voice right there. As quick as the lightning. Bam. It's right there. If that touches you and bears witness with you, it's not just me, Mickey and Caleb. No, the God of heaven calling out to your spirit. He's bigger than your mind. And who gives a rip what we see in the 
news and who believes what. And I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm this or that. <laughs> well, you've got to do it my way, bless God, or I'm going to protest. It's like, protest on, protest on, go ahead. We've got something greater. Amen. Protest on. There's somebody greater on the inside of me. Amen. And I love you. I love you. I tell you what, anybody in here, you got any question about what I'm saying now? I've got a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I've probably read more than, I know that might sound arrogant, but a lot of people in here. So I'm not ignorant about the LGBTQ stuff. And I'm not up here being some stupid preacher bashing it. So if, you, if you're upset by that, go ahead. Be upset. Scream out. I don't care. Who, I don't care. Just meaning, I don't care what the devil thinks. Anyway, this is the last days. And like Paul, he said, none. And I'm going to insert nobody. None of these things move me. Got beat. Lift shipwrecked. Stone. Thank you, Adrian. Stoned, shipwrecked, snake bit, <laughs> hit in the head, left for dead. He said, none of these things move me. It's not like, oh, you disagreed with me. Oh, we need to have a meeting. You want me to go to your training. I've got my own training at the Holy Ghost. See, because if, if I don't tap into what's on the inside, my natural personality, an easygoing, peacemaking personality is going to cave to your crazy thinking so I can be at peace with you and hopefully try to win you to the Lord. And there may even be a place for that. But by the Holy Ghost. But that's not what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about being passive, weak, mealy mouth, scared, timid, frightened. No, we're talking about stirring up the gift of God on the inside of you and quit worrying about what you're called to do or where you fit and all that. Just know that he's got a living will. His, he's alive and he has a will that he wants done in the earth. Just read your Bible. What does God want done? Do that. Join him in that, and you will experience his life. So he wants you to know like never before that what you do know, he wants you to keep knowing. He doesn't want you to forget it. He doesn't want you to doubt it. He doesn't want you to let it go. He wants it to get stronger on the inside. He wants it to get stronger. That's one of the things I had in my heart that I wanted to, to, to give. <clears throat> Stay with what you know. Stay with what you know. I remember when I was in, in Bible school, one of my favorite preachers that's gone on to heaven now, but he, he was 
he was evangelist and he was wild. But at one of our exaltations one day, he was like, preach what you know. Like, what am I going to preach when I get out of school? What am I going to do? He's like, shut up. Quit listening to your heads. Like, preach what you know. 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 Stay with what you know. Can I testify of that? Yes, I can testify of that. And I know, I'm man, I'm just, wow. I'm just, I'm just blessed to be in Boise, Idaho. With Pastor Mark and Amy Boer and all the rest of this wonderful pastoral staff here and all of y'all. Because you know what I remember? When I was in my mid-twenties in Mississippi, a little tiny church, about 50, 70 people on the best day. And like, Lord, I'm 24, now I'm 27, 28. It's like, I don't see any girls up in here hardly, you know? <laughs> but there, was, there was a wonderful lady. I mean, you know, close your ears. <laughs> no, she was, anyway, I don't know, so she was wonderful. She went on to work with Keith Moore for like 20-something years, but I'm like, like you, but don't love you. It's like, and I almost fell for you, but it's like, mm, he has somebody else, a blonde hair, blue eye over there from Southern California. And I just knew on the inside. <laughs> you're looking good. You're nice, man. You pray in tongues. You feel us like, uh-uh. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with you. you you're wonderful, but like, there's something else. <laughs> something else. So anyway, whoo. <laughs> right? Anyway, why am I talking about those days? Because I'm talking about those days because I remember hearing Pastor Tony Cook from Bible school. I've said this here before a couple years ago of, of him saying, some of you, when you get out of Bible school, you'll, you'll be evangelists. Some will teach. Some will be missionaries. Some will pastor. You'll do this other, other stuff. And some of you will be helps ministers. Some of you will be children's ministers, youth ministers, etc. And some of you will be associate pastors. And I, you know, uh, Christy and I went and started a church in Colorado years ago and uh, did okay for a little bit, and then it, and then it didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, praise God. <laughs> Maybe that grace wasn't on me all the way. But you know what? I know there is still grace to build lives that last, and there was grace to be to be a supportive pastor, right? And to help. So I'm saying all that to say, remember when Tony Cook said that? There was just something that seemed to bear witness in my heart that you know what? I could see myself doing that. I could see myself doing that, and I just like, and I would think, yeah, I could see myself at some church like supporting some pastor about a 2,000 member church or something like that. I could see that. And like, lo and behold, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying that's how many people go here. I don't know the number, right? But I'm like, uh, lo and behold, my life, my steps wind up here. And look at this, right? And it's not all in my own doing. Sometimes it's been despite me, right? But what I want to emphasize is staying with the knowing, not getting off course, and even trusting God to keep you on course, even if you did get off course, to keep you on course. I say that to say, some of you know the story to where I was on staff here for three years, then I was in a doctoral clinic, a, a, doctoral, a clinical psychology doctoral program 
resigned to sort of finish that. Had a bunch of money sunk in that and just needed to finish and all that. Took me longer than, way longer than Pastor Mark I ever thought. Thought I like big surprise now. So anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, but, you know, I, I was away. I was always here, right? But like I was away off staff for eight years. Probably realistically, Pastor Mark has not said this, but I don't know that he would disagree, but I could have probably been off for maybe a few years, right? And then maybe come back much sooner. But you know what? Here we are tonight. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that because, again, maybe you've heard me say this before, but I'm working here a day or two a week, right? And I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm enjoying what I'm doing clinically. And I'm enjoying what I'm doing here. I'm loving it. But then Christy and I started coming up here in the mornings in about five, six, something like that. And we'd just walk around, just walk, get a little bit of exercise. That wasn't the main motive, but just walk around and just pray in other tongues. And the more I prayed in the spirit, that knowing started rekindling. It was there the whole time. And there was just clarity that came. And I, would, and I want to say this. So one of those mornings while we're walking around up here, I'm walking. Chrissy's doing her walking. We're just sometimes we're together. And some, a lot of times we're just sort of meeting each other, following each other. But I'm walking back that way. And I'm walking back this way. And, you know, sometimes I'm praying in the spirit. And then other times I'm just like, I've got a scripture. And I'm just going over it, over and over, not loud enough to disturb her, but you could hear me, and I'm going over it, and over it, and over it, and over it. And then I come, I, make, I turn that corner back there, and I start coming up the aisle, and right as I'm turning the corner, I had been meditating on this verse. It was in Ephesians. I'd been praying in tongues and meditating in that verse. And in Ephesians chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, but this is out of the Passion Translation. It says, it's talking about how we were all, the Jews and the Gentiles, they were not on peaceful terms. But Jesus broke down the middle wall of division between them, and by his blood, he brought them near by the blood of that covenant. And he gave them access. And so I'm meditating on this, and it says, Now, because we are united to Christ, now, because we are united, Pastor Whitley mentioned something about that a while ago, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal access, no, we both have equal and direct access in the realm in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. We both have equal and direct access in the realm. I'm talking about knowing. I'm talking about not moving away from what you know. I'm talking about how to rekindle that knowing if that has grown faint, if that has grown dim. If, if it seemed to be going out and not as strong as it used to be. So I'm walking, I'm praying, and I'm meditating on that, I'm saying that, and then, I, then after I'm doing that, I start going 
praying in tongues again. And then I can tell this is not just me blah, 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 and trying to wake up. No, this is like there's unction on this. There's a flow. And then this word comes out and it's like, I hope I didn't say it right now, but like bavanga, <laughs> bavanga, <laughs> bavanga. And I kept saying bavanga. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> bavanga. It's like I kept saying that over and over. And it was right after I'm meditating on that verse about the realm. And I'm like, God, that seems to be you. I have no idea what that word means. I, I have no idea what language it's from, but I'm just going to try to type it out and I'll just type and do a search on Google. So I did that and this is what came up. And <laughs> it's not from some seminary, <laughs> but all I know is Holy Ghost said this word and this is what it, that means. It says, Bavanga said, is the state in which the mind is said to rest, where no active consciousness process is occurring. It's the state in which the mind is said to rest, where no active consciousness process is occurring. It's one state of mind when nothing appears to be going on, such as when one is in a state of deep, dreamless sleep, and also momentarily between each active consciousness process. So it occurs when there's no active cognitive processes going on. In other words, it's talking about, I liken that like, Lord, you've given us both equal and direct access into the realm where you speak and where my mind is not making a bunch of noise. Like I think that first song, one of those songs talked about. My mind's not rattling off so much chatter. And you're speaking clear. And the knowing is illuminated on the inside of me. And I can pray in the Spirit. And I can get out beyond my mind. And it can become such an awareness that I'm literally accessing the realm of God. And you are speaking and you're ministering life into my spirit. And I didn't see anything that morning as far as any vision, nothing like that. But I came on up here and, I, and it's like, and I came up here and I'm just like, Jesus never appeared to me, nothing like that. But I'm like, you know what? All I know is if there was an angel or Jesus or somebody, I just know the atmosphere seemed to shift. And I'm like, man, I never had one of these experiences. But it's like, oh, there's a little bit of fear here, a good fear. And so I just got down on my knees right there. Why am I talking about that? Because there's his call to you and, and his purpose and plan for you. It's not up here. It's not up here. It's down here. And if you get intimidated and swayed by this age that we're living in or by others' opinion, you could let go of what he has for you. 
But if you continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, he'll, he'll keep real and he'll keep fresh. He'll keep alive that which he's written on the inside of you, that which he keeps bringing back to your mind. I want to encourage some of you, remember from a psalm and hymn that Brother Moore sang many years ago, by the Spirit said, if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. If it's God today, it will be God tomorrow. But I'm also wanting to exhort you, this came to my heart during worship, that some of us are walking right past divine appointments that God wants us to walk into. Some of us are, that's one of the things like stepping to the freedom that you found. Some of us are walking right past divine appointments and not allowing God to do as much as he could do through us. Because we're just too much in this world. We're just too, our, our minds are too busy. We, we're too settled. We're too satisfied. We've got what we need. We're, I don't think there's probably anybody in here probably hungry that I can see anyway, or at least tell. We've got a roof over our head, so we're comfortable. Now, is this like some message of gloom and doom and shame and condemnation on you? No, but it is. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking, I believe, by the Spirit to like just sort of shake us just a little bit and say, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. There's more He wants to do through you. Why? Because you're all this and you're all that. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with who lives on the inside of you. And I, and I'm, I believe by the Spirit, but we could say it by just the Scripture, right? I mean, that's inspired by the Spirit. But like, I, it seems so simple, but it's like, he wants to do so much more. He wants to do so much more. So much more than what you're experiencing right now. In your daily life, in your marriage, in your home, in your ministry. Let me, let me, how many of you know what, first, where's the Bible school student over here? We got someone in the house. Who knows what 1 John 2.20 says? <laughs> Not the president of the school. 1 <laughs> John 2.20. Now here, let me give you an example. Let's go ahead and use live illustration. <laughs> now I hadn't been nervous. I hadn't been worried. I haven't been nothing like that up here. But like there is part of my head that's like, they already know that. You know, like sometimes you talk about you got words and knowledge in your brain like, mm, yes, I'm going to give it. <laughs> this ain't that. <laughs> but it is but it is a knowing. And now, you know, I'm thinking, you already know that. Like, and this, again, this is not shame. I'm like, Lord Jesus. I ain't a single Bible school of you over there. Raise their hand that knows what 1 John 2.20 says. My God in heaven. Lord help us. First <laughs> John 2.20. Oh, <laughs> you didn't look it up, did you? Well, well, hey, we'll take that. We'll take it. Because God's gracious and he meets us where we are. Right? Be bold, be strong. For the Lord thy God is with you. Be bold, be strong. Read it, sister. Can you read it? Be bold, be strong. For the Lord thy God is with you. Be bold, be strong. Read it, sister. Can you read it? 
But you have the anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Okay. But you have the anointing, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Why am I talking out of this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know all things. Yeah, real sharp, huh? Yeah. You know all things. You know everything you need to know by the unction. I have an unction from the Holy One. I, I was taught, I know Pastor Mark was taught, anybody that's listened to Keith Moore for a while, or if you've been around here a while, you may have been exhorted. Stop saying what you don't know. Stop saying you're not sure. Stop saying, well, you know, you never can tell. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Well, you know, I'm just I'm sort of confused. Even if you are, that's your mind. I get it. That's normal. He says to renew our mind. Start saying, thank you, Lord. I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. Thank you, Lord. I have direct, I have direct access to the realm of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, you're revealing all truth to me. Thank you, Lord, you're ordering my steps. Thank you, Lord, I know what to do when I, when I need to know it. I know what I need to know when I need to know it. Thank you, Lord, I know. I know. Thank you, Lord, I know. Just another quick exhortation. Sometimes we want things the Lord don't want us to have. Remember some of this, we're talking about staying on track. Staying on track, not getting distracted. Oh, I think I'll go that way. I think I'll do this. And the Lord might be bearing witness saying, like, no, you don't. You don't want that. Like, oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's like, no, you don't. The smartest thing you can do there is say, yes, Lord, thank you. You're right. You're exactly right. Lord, I don't want that. I want what you want. Thank you, Lord. And, and it's like keeping you on course and on track. <clears throat> You know, the Bible says in Daniel eleven thirty two says that those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Those that know their God. He wants us to know and be confident. Those that know. Listen to that. Those that know their God shall be strong strong and do exploits. I am all 100,000% in favor for people coming forward Wednesday, Sunday, or whatever, and saying, okay, will you pray for me? I just need strength. Keep coming, keep coming. But you know, there's another part of me that also thinks, Daniel eleven thirty-two: 32, those that know their God shall be strong Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 16, Paul said, I bow my knees unto the Father, right, of the family of heaven and earth. And he said, I pray that he would strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's Ephesians 3, 16. I pray that he would strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, is that just like, hey, come up on Wednesday night. Whoo, oh, I got zapped and I'm now I'm strong. You may be strong for the moment and you may be charged for a week and a half, a month. That's great. Wonderful. Keep getting charged. But you know what? You will be strong also in, in proportion and in, in, in correlation to what the Holy Spirit reveals to you, what he teaches you 
what he brings revelation to you about, what he bears witness with you on, you'll be strong by what he continues to make more, a greater knowing on the inside of you. And just like in Hebrews 10 talks about, don't cast away your confidence for it has great reward. Don't cast it away. How many of you know we're going to be much more susceptible to cast away our confidence if we don't have that knowing, staying strong? So as we continue to abide in him, stay in him, stay, keep accessing that realm, we'll, we'll continue. We will have the knowing and we'll be strong in him. I want to say this. <clears throat> How many of you know we won't take the time to read it all. But how many of you, you Bible school students, you, you, know, you know about David? You know who David is? <laughs> you ever heard of David and Goliath? What have you been teaching him, Pastor? He's been giving the words of knowledge all the time and healing and stuff and what? You've been teaching him the Bible? That's the teacher. <laughs> it's not you. You're supposed to be these guys. I know it's not Pastor. So, oh, director. He said, yeah, he said President. President. Yeah. Yeah. So we know the story of David and Goliath, right? Kay does. What? Kay does. Yeah. does. Who's Kay? Yeah. We know the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath, David, well, David, do you think he had a knowing on the inside of him? Yeah. How in the world are you going to stand before this giant that's intimidating all the, the valiant men in the army around you? How are you going to stand and, and, and be willing to charge at that dude if you don't have a knowing on the inside and you don't have living life experience with God? Not just reading a book, reading a paper, taking a test. No, you've got living experience. And so you know the story, I, I, I hope, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I hope we do. <laughs> Jesus. No, everybody's around and then, you know, his brothers are like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be back at the house watching those few sheep. What are you out here for, little punk? What are you here for? <laughs> like, get back there and help dad with the sheep, right? You don't belong out here. But you know what? He didn't let that deter him. He didn't let that turn him back. And then, you know, he, the story unfolds and then he overhears Goliath just mocking Israel and saying all kind of crazy things about them. And more than that, it's not just mocking them, right? I mean, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of heat coming on Christians today. A little bit. More than what we're used to in this nation. A little bit of heat. But he's mocking the, pe the people of Israel, but more than that, he's mocking God. And David, who's got a strong knowing on the inside, everybody else is like, well, this is just sort of normal. I don't know. I don't think we're going to, we're not going to do anything. Nobody's going to be activated. We're not going to, no, we're just going to keep standing here and hope he goes away. We'll just hope it gets better. We're just going to believe that somebody's going to compromise and something will work out. It's like, you know what? It wasn't going to work out. It wasn't going to work out. There wasn't nothing to figure out. They needed, somebody needed to stand up. 
And if you think in these last days that we're in, that you're going to stay safe, I'm not talking about necessarily being in danger in a just silly way. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the gospel, there can be opportunities in these last days to where like, there's nobody going to rescue you. There's nobody going to, the government going to uh, make sure that you're okay and not persecuted. But you know what? That makes absolutely no difference if we have the knowing. And that's why I'm saying we can, we can be glad and happy and like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm a fighter. I just love fighting. That's not me. But like on the inside, the Lion of Judah, Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Spirit of God that was upon David, is upon Samson, upon all of them, is within you. Amen. And that same Spirit is following the will of God in His plan. And so He's ready to rise up. He's ready to shine brighter. And so they're mocking. David hears that and he's like, what are you guys doing? What's in your brain? What's in your thoughts? Why is nobody stepping up? See, he's moving by a different spirit because something else has been revealed to him, the knowledge of God, knowing him and experiencing God in real way with the lion and the bear. Hey, I've already, I've taken the lion, I've taken the bear. This dude's going to go down just as well. And I love the very last part of that story. David goes at him and says, hey, you know, you're coming at me with a sword, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. He took out his little rocks, slung it, and bam. Made a big impression. He said he fell down. And then what happens? Right? He didn't, he didn't come with a sword, but he came over. And I know this may be, sound sort of like, ah, are you really saying that? But you know what? I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about coming against people, but I'm talking about coming against the spirit of this world, not being intimidated by it. David took the sword, went over there, and whatever spirit was motivating Goliath to run his mouth and blaspheme God, he's like, you're done. Talk now. Got anything else to say? No. Right? But one of the last couple of verses in, in that chapter, 1 Samuel 17, talks about that he went to meet Saul. And he's, and he's going to meet him and he's got the head with him. I'm thinking, whoa. You know? He went and put his stuff away in the tent, it said, but he kept the head. And then he goes in to meet Saul. And then Saul's asking, like, who is this kid? He's asking the people around him, who is this kid? And you know what he said? The answer, the people that were around him said, he's, he's, a Jesse, he's one of Jesse's son, your servant. You hear that? Who's this guy that took the, the Goliath out when all the king and all his army didn't do nothing? Little servant boy. Just a little boy out in the field, 17 years old, 
wet behind the ears, don't know much, but he knows God. He knew all he needed to, he knew all he needed to know by the unction, by the Spirit. You come at me with a sword, I come at you in the name of the Lord by the Spirit of God. Who is that kid? He's the son of Jesse, one of your servants. See, when God calls you, He's not calling you based on who your family is or who they're not. In a natural sense, He could care less. If you're rich, poor, if you come from this side of the tracks, this side of the tracks, what race you are, what gender you are. In heaven, there's not even any gender. There's neither male nor female. Tell me something I don't know. Okay. Right? The main thing is, who is God and who are you? Who has he shown you to be? Are you just intimidated, fearful, cowering, or are you stepping up? Boldly by him. I know I've been looking over here a lot tonight, guys. I'm just sort of drawn to the students over there. And I'm drawn to the students in part because I believe that uh, I believe that they are called for these last days. (laughs) I believe that there's more on the inside of you than you know. I believe there's a great there's someone inside of you that's much greater than you know. And I would encourage you to memorize 1 John 2.20. It may help. When the, yeah. I, uh, I, there's, yeah, there's a part of me that sort of, I guess, I don't know, I'm sort of thinking out loud, like Pastor Mark can correct me. Tomorrow, either call me out in front of everybody right here, right now. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> he walks in boldness and authority. I'm just saying it's not, it's not my place as, as an associate, right, to tread in, in places that I don't belong, right, to say things I don't belong. With that said, right, I started to share something with Pastor Mark last Wednesday morning because we met for, like, a meeting. And I was going to share something with him, and then I got in there and was like, eh, I don't, I don't, we're talking about other things. I don't think now is the, the time. And plus two, it's written in my Bible. And it's down this column and down this column and up this column. If I start doing that, he may look at me and go like, oh, you're, you're freaking my brain out. Stop. Right? So I'm like, nah, maybe another time. Because <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's an excellent communicator. And I just sort of communicate a little wider. Right? <laughs> he's like, point, point. Man, oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> right? <clears throat> hey, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm glad the way God made it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Still have a job. <laughs> no, I'm going to read. I'm going to read. This is from the Passion. I do read other Bibles. Some people get mad. They don't like the Passion. I got tons of Bibles. I don't just read the Passion only, but I do like it. So if that upsets you, you and the devil going out there in the hall. And, <laughs> y'all have a tantrum. 
Well, Pastor Bill will come out there and get you healed later. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It says, this is Matthew 13. It's talking about the end days. And really it's talking about Jesus sending angels to reap the harvest. But yet, there's still, I believe, there's a parallel here with him sending people today in this age we live in. And so it says, Jesus left the crowds. As Jesus explains the parables, Jesus left the crowds and went inside the house where he was staying. Then his disciples approached him and asked, did I say where I was reading? Matthew 13, verse 36. Passion translation, Matthew 13, verse 36 through 43. Jesus left the crowds and went inside the house where he was staying. Then his disciples approached him and asked, please explain the deeper meaning of the parable of the weeds growing in the field of wheat. He answered, the man who sowed his field with good seed represents me, the son of man. And he stopped right here and I'll read that verse again. Why am I reading this? Because I'm had on my heart to exert, exhort you to stay with what you know, to preach what you know. Don't let that go. Know that God has greater things for you to walk in. Don't just keep walking past your divine appointments and, and missing what God has for you. But be alert. Let God awake you, rattle you just a little bit and know that he's not speaking his divine call to you in your mind, but in your spirit and out of his word. And he's got greater things for you to do right now and particularly after you graduate. So he says, the man who sowed his field with good seed represents me, the son of man. And the field is the world. The good seeds I sow are the children of the kingdom realm. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Some of you know the devil is sowing people in the earth today. Would you believe that? We believe the devil is sowing, sending forth laborers in the, in the earth today. Yep. Can you look around and see anyone that's like, no matter what their, their stand, no matter what their uh, premise, no matter what they're proposing, it's like, man, can we just get to peace? No, we can't. It's just chaos. Because that's what the devil does. Just keeps working chaos. Says the harvest points to the end of this age and the harvesters are God's messengers. And the weeds are bundled up and thrown into the fire. So it will be at the close of the age. The son of man will send his messengers and they will uproot everything out of his kingdom. The Son of Man will send his messengers. The Son of Man will send his messengers and they will uproot everything out of his kingdom. And the, all the lawless ones and everything that causes sin will be removed and they will throw them into the fiery furnace where they will experience great sorrow, pain, and anguish. Then the godly ones will shine like the brightness of the sun. Then the godly ones will shine like the brightness of the sun in their father's kingdom realm. 
If you're able to understand this, then you'd better respond. If you're able to understand this, then you better respond. He's calling to pay attention, respond. Don't override his voice. Don't divide, don't override your divine appointments. So last Wednesday morning, I'm praying in tongues, praying for, praying roughly an hour, back and forth, praying, just getting in the word and praying. And then I'm just, and then I came across this and then like this just stuff started coming to my heart, right? So I'm thinking of this in terms of, of pastoring. I'm thinking of this in, in terms of some type of leading and helping in whatever capacity I do with here, people being discipled and going forth as they grow and doing more for God, right? And, 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 and so I wrote in my, in the column of my Bible here, it says, need we be found to work against that? Our master has prayed. My thoughts there is that the Lord looked on the, those, the heart. He, Matthew 9, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He looked on the people as they were sheep without a shepherd, scattered. And he looked on them and he prayed, Lord, send forth laborers into the harvest. Send them. And so then I read here, need we be found to work against our, what our, that that our master has prayed? Need we fail to prepare those for the work to which they have been called? Do I believe we're failing here? No, I don't. I believe we're doing well. But I believe there could be more. So need we fail to prepare those for, for the work to which they have been called? Need we forget to pray until Christ be formed in them? Need we hold back those who've put their hand to the plow and whom the Lord has commanded to never look back? Need we contribute to failures to launch? Right? I'm sort of looking at it from a parenting perspective. Like, I mean, you want your kids in your basement when you're like 26. Or, I mean, you, don't, you may love them, you may not mind, but if you're 35, you don't want them there, right? It's like, no, I, I, I failed as a parent. I didn't help you. I, I enabled you too much. So it's like, need we contribute to failures to launch? I believe God's will is for people to, to go into the harvest. My wife and I have never been on the mission field, but I tell you what, since I was 28 years old, I've never lived in my hometown. And it was always in correlation with believing where I believe God had sent me, California, Colorado, and here. And I believe in this will be the last stop. <laughs> 15 years and counting, so praise the Lord. Need we be found to impede any whom the Lord is seeking to send and so. Need we extinguish the flames he has ignited? Need we be found to work against Christ's spirit and the work that he has started? Fathers, unto what end do you train? By whose will do you disciple? According to, the desire, according to the desire you seek, your eyes will see. Do you know that's true of us? According to the desire you seek, your eyes will see. You may think this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what is God saying to us? Staying with the knowing and saying with the call, saying with the purpose and the overall plan of God. According to the desire we seek, our eyes will see. <clears throat> what do you see now in this moment? People sitting in the basement are going to build 
successfully working and walking with God. And that's my prayer. That's why I'm saying, I'm thinking, now again, that's why I was saying tread, and I don't tread on any ground where I'm not trying to get people to leave Pastor Mark's church, right? <laughs> but it's, for, but it's in, the, in the terms of Bible school students, of some of you going, right, that are called, that my prayer, right? But hey, you're not sitting in the basement, but you're out working with the Lord. And even if that's here in Boise, wherever it is, you're out working with the Lord, successfully co-laboring with him, building helping build his kingdom, him through you. And those he is sowing are are growing, glowing, going, and showing. They're growing, they're glowing, they're going, and they're showing. You're demonstrating. Preaching what you know, you're demonstrating what's been demonstrated to you. Praise the Lord. Let's stand on our feet.